0: Welcome to another episode of the JMS Podcast. Uh, I got some uh, news. I have an official Gmail. So if you guys have any questions or anything like that, uh, any recommendations of anything, uh, you can contact me at jmspodcast at gmail.com. This podcast has an official Facebook page. Just search JMS Podcast. And I will be putting... um, like bonus tracks and some material about the guest. So check it out. And the guest today is Rob Roy. I mean him go way back. He's the one who actually uh, helped me get started in stand-up. And in some ways, he's still my stand-up comedy guru. I still go to him if I have any questions about uh, business sides of his comedy. And so on. And a very interesting guy. But first, I have something to say. I try not to be... The most offensive comedian out there. I also don't try to be the dirtiest, right? Not because I, tr- it's not like I'm trying hard. It's just personally, I just, I'm not that kind of person. But oh, I hope you don't hear that plane flying by. Plane. I gotta get myself like a real actual studio. Right now, I'm doing this in some dinky room. Anyway, and it just so happens that I had, let's see, it happened uh, a couple days ago. At San Jose State, I was had a class, right? I studied for the class, and because we had an exam, I took the exam. On the way out of the exam, I find out that there's an open mic that is being run by a student organization, and I figured, you know what? You know, I've been so busy with school, I should probably get some stage time. So I signed up for the open mic. And coming in, I knew it. I knew student. The student crowds are usually not really the best because this vibe of PC. Right. And so I I prepared for it. I was like, all right, I'm going to put clean jokes. I'm going to do clean jokes. I can do jokes that are not too edgy. And so I really put thought to it. And I thought and most of my clean jokes happen to be about me being single. I don't know what that's about. There's something to be said about that. Uh, But anyway, so I figure I'm good to go. And the students, they're performing like poetry and, and music and they're really good. But I did not think this was going to happen. So I get caught up and I go up and they try to pull the mic away from me. Not even, I was setting up my first joke. And my first joke, the setup was me stating that I go to San Jose State because I do. I'm a San Jose State student. And the one thing I love about San Jose State are the homeless people. And just when I say that, I hear a gasp in the front row. And there's some chick looking at me as if I said something like offensive or I said something uh, racist. I don't think I did. But she looked at me like I did. She looks at the organizers who look scared. They look at the DJ. And the DJ starts cutting off the audio from my mic. And in my head, I'm like, fuck this. Are you kidding me? It's not like I said a lie. There are homeless people here. And it's not even the punchline of my joke. I'm setting it up. And actually the joke, it's worked everywhere else. And nobody ever got offended by that joke. And in my head, I'm like, fuck that. I'm gonna finish this fucking set. And even if they cut off my audio from the microphone, my voice could still be projected. So I used I used my voice to project it out there. And I just went along with it. But it was it got super awkward because I had to stop. I was like, wait a minute guys, why are you cutting off my mic? It's not even that offensive. Like I'm telling you, it's not that bad. And it just got super, super awkward. And so I decided to hopefully win back the audience without any audio on the mic with a joke with a pun. I know I know what you're saying. Pun jokes, ha ha. Well, you know what? A pun joke saved my ass over here. It's they're cheesy and shit. So I did a joke with the pun. I got some laughs. Then I went on with the rest of my set, which I sure were clean and pretty much, you know, people were laughing that those organizers are still looking at me and the DJ still didn't give me back the audio of the microphone. But at that point, I'd, out of protest, I continued my comedy set. And it wasn't until like later in the set that he gave me back uh, audio on the microphone. And I guess they realized I was not going to do any AG your stuff. And it's like, come on, that's such bullshit. It is because... They're here telling us it's a no-hate zone and free speech is allowed. But one little thing, which I don't even think is considered hate speech, because trust me, if you know that homeless joke I do, it is nowhere near there. How are they going to pull that shit? It's like, come on. It's Art, any sort of art, has its beautiful sides. Paintings can be beautiful. Music lyrics can be beautiful. But there's always some dark, ugly sides to art. And sometimes you don't want to hear it. But especially when it's close to reality. Because there is a homeless problem at San Jose State. And instead of ign- ignoring it, we should be doing something about it. For these people, these so-called, you know, ultra-progressive liberals. So well, I won't even call them that. The point is that they, they they like to think of themselves as, as you know, above whatever the fuck and, and, and be politically correct. When they just don't want to hear it. It's like, you got to hear the problems, whether you like it or you don't, but you got to hear it and work work forward from that. Anyway, so that pissed me off that out of all people to censor me, it had to be my own fucking university. Really? Thank you. Piece of shit. Anyway, so uh, let's get to the interview. Here's Rob Roy. I call this the the knowledge room because there's so many books and DVDs and useless stuff.
1: Is that a picture of your brother?
0: Where? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny because my mom, she usually has pictures of my little brother. But you hardly ever see pictures of me and my sister. Well, you do see pictures of my sister more than you see pictures of mine. Mm, I see.
1: Um, He's the baby. Yeah. Then her. Then you. You're the oldest
0: uh no i'm the middle child
1: oh she's the oldest
0: uh she's the oldest yeah okay yeah you know it's funny i think it's like the third time you 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 told me that which part that you start asking who's the oldest
1: i've asked you that three times yeah it's hard to remember actually i don't i don't even know about him before no i didn't even know you had three (laughs) i didn't even know there was three siblings
0: well i don't really talk about them do i
1: yeah, so how could I have asked you three times? But thank you for assuming yeah, that I have a bad memory.
0: I guess some somewhat of a private person. I hear you. But Rob Roy, Rob Roy, comedian extraordinaire.
1: It's true. It's true.
0: <laughs> oh man! So tell us how you got started in comedy. Let's start there.
1: Yeah, it's a weird story. First off, let me say when I was eighteen, uh, you know, out of high school. Stand-up was something I considered. I thought, oh, that would be, I'd be willing to be funny for money. By that time, I already knew being funny kind of like took effort.
0: It's funny how you correlated being funny and money. Yeah. Right, because reality is different.
1: But at the time, 1996, I guess we should say I'm 36 here. In 96, there really wasn't the open mic community we have now. So it really wasn't. Where was this again? This was in Anaheim. In Anaheim. Middle of Orange County. Okay. Which is near LA. It's like close enough, but there really there isn't the kind of open mic scene that there is now where pretty much every night there's at least one. Well, in LA there's multiple every single night.
0: Right. It's LA, right? Right. But yeah. even it's back like then. It's the center of stand-up comedy. Well,
1: there's people that argue that it's New York, but it's
0: they're both are if you think about it. And yeah, they're
1: different. Yeah. So I started out 18 couldn't do it because they just I didn't see an end to it. I had no idea how to do stand-up comedy. I didn't know of any books. So I studied screenwriting, tried to do filmmaking. Fast forward, like, till now, and I move up here with a girlfriend. I'm from Anaheim. I moved to Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz. Because I was with a girl, and that's what I do, apparently. I move with girls where they want to go.
0: You're a nomad, but instead of following the herd. Well, I guess you some ways you still are, but you're following females.
1: Yeah, I don't follow buffalo. I follow beavers. <laughs> Okay. If that's offensive, I'm sorry. (laughs) So anyhow, I move up here, and I transferred to San Jose State because it was similar to where I was going, the college I was going to. But it takes a year to be accepted. She got her job like really last minute, and we moved last minute. So for a year, I time off. She's a school psychologist. So she works in the Watsonville School District. Okay. So we move up here, and I have like a year off. And I'm not going to get a job. It's like... She makes a lot of money. I'm not going to make a job. Plus, I just helped her make her dream come true, so I felt like I was owed some R and R. How's that? So she wanted to get this job for like years, and she admitted that without me, she wouldn't have moved up on her own. So,
0: oh, like you were the one telling her, "Yes, you can yeah. do it."
1: And I also right. spent money for it to happen. Like we stayed in a hotel for like, oh. A month at least. So you invested in the yes, future. I spent saying. my savings to help make this happen.
0: And do school psychologists get paid more than teachers? Yeah.
1: Really? That's mm-hmm.
0: kind of funny.
1: Right. <laughs> they they do much more technical work that you can't. Teachers have a lot of creativity. They really can teach in almost any way they want to as long as they meet certain criteria. Right. Psychologists have to study or sorry, have to comport themselves in a way that is in accordance with the state law. At almost every turn for the most part. So any anyway, and it takes a master's degree. You have to get a master's degree to do this job whereas I think teachers you can get a BA and a credential. Mm. So it takes more investment to get there. So I guess they I guess they deserve more money. Right. Fine. So we move up here and I have a year off. So I decide to take some classes just to kind of pass the time. One of them is a stand-up course at Broadway Playhouse, I believe it's called in Santa Cruz. So I get there and I immediately have like a really great reaction from everyone there and the first my my first thought is these people are bullshitting me this is all smoke <laughs> at my ass but then I notice that like not everyone gets that reaction some people they clap politely and say good but for me they're like you're amazing this is you're so comfortable on stage so I just kind of had an inkling there was a seed planted 2 months later things unravel with this girl as they do for me yeah. and she says I want you to move out so my option was go back to Anaheim and live with my family or stay in northern California and like figure something out so at that time I was still enrolled at Cal State Fullerton I took like 4 online classes which is a full load so I was able to get my grant money and loan money and then I just traveled the west, going to open mics.
0: So you went and like a comedy tour.
1: I went on a comedy tour.
0: But how long have you been doing comedy?
1: At that time, yes, I had already. I had been doing it two months. <laughs> I started. So
0: two months in, you're like, oh, I'm time to go on tour. Pretty good. Time to go on tour. Exactly. Did you go by yourself? Do you go in a group?
1: I went by myself.
0: A, a one man comedy one-man tour. Comedy you are tour. a nomad. Yes. Yeah. But this time, instead of following beavers, you're following the comedy. Laughs.
1: I'm following the laughs.
0: The laughs. You're following exactly.
1: the laughs. Yes, I hit yeah. every state, an open mic in every state, uh, uh, in the West.
0: In the West. like How far?
1: California, Oregon, Washington, Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, Utah, Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, Idaho.
0: Wow. Did you see any like similar differences or
1: open mic wise? Yeah, there was. It was an. It uh, was amazing it was how only similar. open mic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you think I'm gonna get paid after two months?
0: <laughs> so you, i never heard of that. An open mic tour. Right? I like that. All right. Yeah, in open mics. Like I'm sure there's differences in venues, but how about in like regional cultures?
1: There's a little bit of it, but you'd be surprised how similar they are. I think due to the internet culture. A lot of people are talking about a lot of the same things. A lot of the mics are run the same way. Depending on how populous the place is, they have more or fewer mics. But it's very similar. It's crazy, dude. Like even El Paso, which is such a like ethnically different place. I don't know if you know about El Paso. Let me tell you. It's majority Mexican-American. And when I say Mexican-American, I mean basically American. They're American first. Most of these people have been in america since it started and like so people don't immigrate into el paso like if you're mexican and you live in juarez you come in you work you go back because el paso and juarez are right next to each other so there's no need to become american to like get the jobs because the jobs are across the border so you have all these like like girls and guys that act like your average american kind of white kids kind of ignorant sometimes of other cultures, which seems counterintuitive, right? You're like, but you're of another culture. So it was, but even given all those cultural differences, the open mics were very similar. They're all talking about nerdy stuff. and A
0: lot of dick jokes.
1: A lot of dick jokes. A lot of, I wish I had a woman. (laughs) Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, It was awesome? Absolutely. I mean, without that, I don't know if I would feel as uh, strongly that I could tour. If someone wanted to pay me, I could do it. Mm-hmm. Like I did it and survived. I did it for three months.
0: What was the first place you hit outside of California?
1: I want to huh. say Tucson.
0: Tucson. Tucson,
1: Arizona. Whew. And it was at a bar. It was at like a, an art bar. And the sound system was horrible. <laughs> there was like... Um, I think it's pretty feedback. common in a
0: lot of open mics is the sound system.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it was it was pretty crazy. It was an interesting one because at that one people did some uh, performance art stuff. Usually open mics are straightforward. Someone comes on and they say their bits, but not at this one. When oh. you get in kind of artier places, they tend to have people that like even like Santa Cruz and right. San Francisco. People tend to do weird stuff, like bringing on. What's an example
0: of the weird stuff you encounter in this hard bar?
1: Well, this guy had – he put on a costume and had – I want to say he had pots and pans and kind of used them as instruments and did – (laughs) a Like percussion? Yeah, (laughs) and did a little performance. Not (laughs) not that funny, I guess. But, uh, hey, it's open. Okay. Do what you want. What's the weirdest thing period
0: that you saw on on stage?
1: The weirdest thing period was –
0: Oh, you're really thinking about this?
1: Yeah, I'm like going in my head I'm going through all the all the open mics.
0: Oh, okay.
1: The weirdest thing period was when I was in Montana and it was at there. They only have one open mic. This is in Missoula, Montana. They only have one open mic a month. And for the entire state, right? Yeah, just for Missoula. There's there's basically two centers of Montana. <laughs> there's the western Missoula, which is kind of artier and more like Santa Cruzy, yeah. hippier. And then you got the eastern part which is Billings. So in Missoula, there's one open mic a month. And some dude started kind of going off on a tangent that the audience members didn't like. And they yelled, they in unison yelled at him, yelled him down. He was complaining about the open mic. And I had never seen like a whole group. Oh, no. So he attacked the venue. Yeah, he attacked the venue. And then they attacked back. Wow. And then he backed down. And afterwards, they kind of forgot about it. And it wasn't like, no fights happened. Huh. Yeah, it was... That was probably the craziest thing. The second craziest thing. Do
0: you think it was intentional He he attacked the crowd?
1: Uh, he was upset that... There's
0: some people out there that they think that's a good tactic. I, yes. I don't I don't know where it comes from. Like, they, they antagonize the crowd to someone called, you know, quote-unquote, get a reaction. But it's kind of bullshit, really, because, you know, if you're not there, you know, to get laughs or, or, or at least make a point... It's like, why the fuck are you doing it? You're just being a dick and a troll, really.
1: He was kind of a troll. Yeah. But unfortunately, you know, when you're starting comedy, you don't know the difference between troll and comedian because sometimes that kind of troll behavior works. Yeah. Uncomfortable laughs. I feel in the
0: bar scenes it works because you kind of need that in the bar scene because you need to grab these people's attention. And usually there's like a couple ways to grab someone's attention. You know, one is to be very complimentary and be, you know, very, very, you know, uh, good Another way ways to be an asshole to them I and mean, you'll get their attention In the bar scene where nobody really wants to listen to you i can kind of see a reasoning behind that but overall like it makes no sense on a comedy business level it's like because people will not most likely not have you on their shows and stuff like that
1: that's true you're shooting yourself in the foot if you wanted to do this professionally by insulting people just like yeah. kind of like and a it prostitute. gives the rest
0: of us a bad name
1: Yes, and a lot of people do. You know, once they experience that, they yeah. don't unexperience it. It's kind of like that's what comedy is to them.
0: Yeah, and it's like, uh, so as you know, I've I run a open mic at the Sofa District in San Jose downtown, and I'm thinking, and I was thinking at the time to expanding to create a showcase in the same block because it's the art scene, right? And there's a new bar that opened up. I won't say the name of it, but I go to the owner. It's like, hey, you know, uh, I'm do comedy at Friscati, which is a couple you know, uh, stores down and I'm thinking of making a comedy show here and the bar owner tells me, he's like, Oh, he, he owns another bar, which he tried the comedy route. We had comedians run a show and they fucked it up. And ever since then he told himself, he's never going to work with comedians again. He's never going to do a comedy night. And that fucked it up for me. Cause I thought we had a great opportunity, not just for the art scene and the community, but also for the comedians, for them to get more, you know, practice and experience performing.
1: It's unfair, really, because if you have one bad rock show, you don't tend to ban rock shows. But with comedians, yeah. that happens. I mean,
0: don't get me wrong. There's some comedians that should be banned. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I mean, just like everything else, you know, there's some sure there's some rock bands that should not be playing. Um, yeah, but, I
1: hear you, dude. Yeah. It's. I think as comedy grows, maybe that will be less common, because you won't be able to blanket statement, say, all comedies... I don't mean by, I mean by comedy growing, like more people more doing people. open mics cuz right now there's a set number of people maybe 50 or so that come in and out in and out in and out regulars yeah exactly yeah. and once it but with bands there's always new bands yeah. there's a ton of bands and then bands travel and then bands break up and they reform just seems like there's a lot more musicians than there are comedians
0: yeah i see what you're saying going back to montana though
1: yes yeah, so let's
0: go there um I would imagine
1: it's beautiful, but not much to do. It's beautiful, and there's not much to do. You're right. (laughs) There are Walmarts. (laughs) What Walmarts? That's a surprise. This is an interesting tidbit. Gambling is legal there. Is it in Montana? Yeah, they have casinos. Is it
0: for the the Native American reservoirs? No,
1: it's not not Native American. It's just like they have legalized it there. Really? Yeah. Is this recent? That's a good question. I don't know that, but I can tell you when I went there... There's casinos everywhere, and there's slot machines everywhere. It's almost like Reno.
0: I didn't even know there was money to be spent over there.
1: Apparently, someone has money. Oh my god! And they're and they're really classy looking, though. They all look like lodges, you know, like ski lodges. They don't look like gaudy buildings, a la Las Vegas. They're Mm -hmm. very, in fact, some of them are tiny. They look like little liquor stores, but they don't call them liquor stores. They call them casinos. And then next to it is the liquor store. I want to say they close early, though. They're not 24 hours.
0: That's good to know.
1: <laughs> so, you want to gamble? You're good. You need some cheap groceries? You're good. And then there's a ton of like outdoorsy stuff, which is a little boring for some people.
0: Not really. Outdoorsy stuff.
1: Well, like for kikes, some people. I enjoyed it. it yeah, was, yeah the, the environment there is great. There's a ton of rivers. Let me put it this way. Um, I walked across this bridge, and... Everyone stood and stared at the otter playing in the river. That was like a highlight.
0: The otter playing? The the otter.
1: It was cute. Yeah. There was an otter in the river, like messing with a branch. And everyone stopped and stared. That was kind of a, that's a big moment.
0: You know, they're pretty fierce, dude. Otters?
1: Well, they're loving, too, apparently. They're loving. They hold hands. Have you seen that, where they hold each other's hands and just float? Uh, They would be fierce, probably, if we tried to. Hold their hands. Yeah, <laughs> right. no consent there. Yes, exactly. It's like how do you how do you warm up uh, an otter?
0: And you ended up going to
1: Washington. You said I did go to Washington, Seattle. Uh, yeah, I went to Seattle. Like for a this is an interesting uh, story. I actually was in Portland, and I wanted to make it to Washington. It's only three hours away, so I just took a a night trip. I went up to. An open mic at the Comedy Underground, which is an awesome venue, by the way. It's all brick. It's got low ceilings. Super place. And I get there late. But I go up to the guy. I'm like, listen, I'm from out of town. Can I please get on the list? And so he's like, where are you from? Anaheim. He's like, show me your ID. I was like, all right. And I had it. The California ID, right? Yeah. Like,
0: I don't like, think there's an Anaheim
1: ID. Exactly. Show me your Disneyland ID. Well, first I said I came from Portland. <laughs> I drove all the way from Portland. He's like, all right, all right. I'm from california okay show me the id so he put me on and it was really a great set and the place is like tends to get packed it's for an open mic it's pretty amazing yeah yeah and the people there there there's a ton of funny guys and everyone was like open to meeting me and like they were they were blown away that i liked them some of them were like
0: really i feel like that's common in a lot of places are outside of the big cities Or not out of the, because I know like in LA and New York, it could be very cutthroat, yeah. very, you know, competitive, but like here, not so much. I mean, SF, I don't know about SF or Oakland. I can't really talk to them, but in San Jose, we're pretty, for the most part, I feel like pretty supportive. Like it's like a little community. Um, and I think that's true for a lot of other places in the West that you travel to where.
1: Yeah. They all have their little community.
0: It's like, we know we're not going to make it big. So we might as well, you know, have
1: fun, have fun with it. Right. I mean, making it big could happen, but there's the comedy and then there's the business side, and it's separate. And Mm -hmm. being really good at the comedy doesn't mean you're good at the business side. And there's a lot of elements that are just outside of your control. If you're going to go through like the traditional comedy club scene, someone has to say yes to you being there. Otherwise, you have to kind of build your own audience and throw your own shows, and that's hard too. So there's, you can be a great comedian... And no one will ever hear you, which is kind of sad.
0: Yeah, I guess it's all about
1: how you uh, brand yourself out there. Yeah, and if you kind of pursue it, because it's hard. The business, to a lot of people, they don't, a lot of kind of creative people do not enjoy the business side. Um, and and to be honest, to to like make a living as a comedian, you kind of have to.
0: But my sister, know. she's leaving. Yes, thank Here. you, finally. um, Oh, yeah, totally, man. Totally with you on that
1: one. So yeah. Meantime, why don't we just have fun? Yeah. Fun. Because I don't know that the cutthroatness fun. helps. You're not having fun. Fun. <laughs> doing
0: comedy, I love doing. It's, I have fun doing comedy when I'm hanging out with comedians, and I'm performing. Everything, everything else in between, it's like, oh shit, you know, I gotta get ready, or I gotta, I gotta be funnier, mm-hmm. or, or, or you know. It's all like mind games, right? But the minute you're on stage, it's like, boom. It's like, all right, this is pretty fun. And if you're not bombing, of course, it's fucking fun. But but I've... um, Yeah, it's it's more nerve-wracking keeping up, you know? Uh
1: I see what you're saying. saying. Like, the preparation for it and just kind of being in the game is a little bit difficult. Like, doing comedy, it's on your mind a little bit. Yeah. When you're not doing it, and that's hard. Yeah, because it is... Even if we're not overly competitive, there is a competitive aspect kind of who can be funnier. There is that. There is that element. But I don't really succumb to that. I don't even write jokes anymore. I'm doing so bad. <laughs> At, when I was- well,
0: I, I think your style right now is pretty awesome because you do a lot of crowd work, right? And for me, that's like my weakest as mm. crowd work and something I need to work on. But you, it just comes off like boom, boom. You, just, you go from one person to another, and then somehow you make it all connect. It, have you always been doing crowd work?
1: No. I just started doing crowd work recently because I went to see Ian Bag. You ever heard of him? No. So Ian Bag's kind of, he's still up and coming. He's not like a name. People don't yet like pay to see him. He does headline at improvs. But he's more of a like free show type of guy. Where's he from? He is from Canada originally. Canadians. Canadians. They're I- illegal, probably. <laughs> These immigrants. Right? They make us look so bad. <laughs> right. So he comes in here, and I see him three days in a row in Brea, and every single show he, he did he does crowd work only, and I saw him three days in a row, and each show was different, and it was he does kind of the same bits about himself, but in between. He's able to pull funny from the room. And I thought, that looks like it takes no effort. Let me do that. Because really, it's just a conversation, you know, being funny in conversation, which apparently I can do. Yeah. You just have to get comfortable with like being on stage, all eyes on you, and you have the biggest voice. So, no, I didn't always do it. Dude, when I was doing this open mic tour, I was writing material for every open mic, it was exhausting. Yeah. I would like write stuff for Portland. Like I had some see I had Seattle jokes.
0: Seattle jokes. Yes, I had yeah.
1: Vegas jokes.
0: <laughs> so you keep prepared at least.
1: Yeah, I can prepare. <laughs> you can. I just like for me to be honest like to do it for free, that's a lot of work. Yeah. So I'm like I will do material if someone pays me.
0: But for the most part you're doing crowd work. Right. And
1: you you saying that it's easier? it's easier in that it takes less time and effort. It's harder in that you have to learn to get comfortable on stage to the point where you can be very improvisational. Right. Because if you're up there frozen, you're not going to be free and available to the moment when you see some like when you see like something written on someone's t-shirt, like I wouldn't if I was too tense, I wouldn't ask them what is that? I wouldn't know where to go next. Like with crowd work, you have to be able to see something, make conversation about it. Hopefully it leads toward comedy. If it doesn't move on, you got to go to something else. Okay. So there's some go-to bits you can do like, Hey, how long you been together? Where are you from? But to be honest, those are not that funny. You really kind of kind of like squeeze those to get comedy. For me, the key, like for my style, the key is to f- ask Interesting questions. Be able to bring up interesting conversations, and it's hard if you're not comfortable. So, but it takes less effort because I don't think about the open mic till I get there, and even then I don't think about it till I get on, and it's so much easier. I'm 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 kind of a perfectionist, so this is new for me. To you th- got
0: you got like a zen look into it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like
1: yeah, I'm trying to be zen on stage. <laughs> That's a good one.
0: That's a good <laughs> – but I think you make it work well. Like, for me, I get super nervous when I do crowd work. And at times, I got to do it because I'm losing the crowd. So I might as well bring them back in. But, like, I, I one of the major reasons why I don't really do it because that's almost asking for a heckler kind of. Yeah. So, and um, so that's something I'm trying to avoid.
1: Yeah, it trains the audience to talk. Yeah, And a lot of headliners don't like that. Like, for instance, I remember Ian Bagg saying when he was coming up and he was uh, featuring, he would do his crowd work. And then the comic after him who does straight material couldn't get the crowd to shut up. <laughs> so they wouldn't <laughs> listen. So t- it, to be honest, it's almost like antithetical to traditional comedy. They don't mix well. Like uh, once I start people talking, they'll want to keep talking. And if you're the kind of comic that needs everyone to shut up, I will be peeing in your pool. And I apologize. <laughs> that's alliteration there. <laughs> Poetry.
0: Oh, man, that's good stuff. All right. And uh, bringing him back home to the South Bay, what's your take on the comedy scene here?
1: Well, it's pretty strong. Like, there's, we have an improv, and we have Rooster's. Rooster Tea Feathers. In Sunnyvale, yeah. Yeah, and they... Rooster Tea Feathers gives new comics an opportunity. I mean, plus there's Tommy T's and there's, you know, all the San Francisco area stuff. I've only been to San Francisco once at this place called La uh, Rocas.
0: It's uh-huh. open mic. But they close its It's.
1: It's. Cl- oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been to La Rocas. You can call it La Rocas if you want to.
0: Oh, I guess it's Italian. It's weird because I'm Latino, so I should be saying it Las Roccas. La Rocas. La Rocas. Las
1: Rocas. Except it's double C, and I think it's Italian. But it's Italian. Yeah. Right. The The Bay Area has like a ton of opportunities for comedy, which is awesome. I mean, to be honest, Orange County has something similar to it, but I guess the Bay Area is. Uh, Nice in that there's not the Hollywood draw yet. It's farthest, It's far enough away from L.A. that people aren't too concerned about, like, image or impressing people. You can fail here. And it's like, eh, whatever.
0: I think most comedians don't really care for their...
1: I mean, they have insecurities, but
0: image-wise like that, I doubt it. I don't know. But do you feel like doing comedy here... Because the Bay Area is kind of notorious for being very PC.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Do you see that difference between L.A. crowds? Actually, as a matter of fact, between most of the crowds that you can remember in the West yes. and the Bay Area crowds?
1: Yes, there's a difference. For instance, uh, the Bay Area doesn't laugh when I say I have a mullet. They don't laugh that loud. <laughs> Usually places, because here it's like, it's okay, bro. And it's like, no, this was my joke. <laughs> Like I have a fanny pack, they're like, oh, oh, that's cool. My aunt has one. They're very <laughs> forgiving and open, which makes my comedy harder. And they definitely don't like gun jokes. Like I have this gun joke I do that works in gun areas and won't work here. The, the two like major things I've noticed about the Bay Area and other places, pretty much everywhere, is it's a little more PC and friendlier. They don't like as violent comedy, but also they like wackier. And, like, more alternative stuff, which doesn't tend to work as well everywhere else. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does.
0: Because, oh, did my sound go off? I
1: hear you. There we go. There we are. See, these mics, man. Gosh darn it.
0: Gosh darn it. Anyway, uh, it makes sense. Because San Francisco is known to be the alternative comedy scene. Right. And that's where, like, Robin Williams and all these other cats came from. And I think, for the most part, they, they like to keep that you know alternative comedy scene and i I hear some comedians from out of time kind of complain about
1: that Mm. but I, i for me it doesn't bother me yeah i mean it doesn't really matter to me the only thing that is an issue is that um that may not work in the whole country so if you're trying to build up a set that you can travel with yeah if it's too full of like clever wordplay and allusions to books most people haven't read you may find that doesn't work well clever wordplay i think i would think that's a big hit well Uh, the thing is if you go too clever (laughs) and people have to like stop and think about it don't make your audience feel dumb is what you're telling me kind of yeah (laughs) they're drinking you know like for the most part and then don't don't talk about, like, Oscar Wilde, probably. It's like, you know, or even, like, alternative music. You just kind of, what I would suggest people do is talk about things that we all have in common, which is, it's easy, relationships, families, like, day-to-day stuff. Right. But as soon as you get too deep, it's, you, well, you're going to lose part of the audience. And that's cool if that's what you want to do. But not everyone will get it. And then you can just say they're dumb, but I don't know if they'll want you back at their... Place if you call everyone dumb. All
0: right, so Bay Area it is uh, too forgiving,
1: (laughs) and except when it comes to guns, right? Yeah, they have a limit to their. They're like liberal, but they're not liberal with their use of guns. They're very anti guns, anti violence. To be honest, anti violence. So sometimes, like, I mean, it's great for
0: humanity. It's bad for comedy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Bay Area, Bay Area is a great place to live, but it's a horrible place for. In some ways, it's a horrible place for certain (laughs) styles of comedy. Like I remember this joke. I had this incident with my brother where he got mad because I left a um, a plastic bag on the floor because he was sure that one of his children was gonna like get it on their head and (laughs) asphyxiate themselves. Why did
0: I laugh at that? I I do not know why I found that funny.
1: This is my point. They wouldn't laugh at that, but it's, it's, still, horrible. it's still kind of funny. Well, but it's ridiculous because it, it wasn't a uh, like a dry cleaner bag that kind of like <laughs> clings to your. It was a grocery bag, the ones that are illegal here, the ones that are still legal in Southern California. But I, I totally it,
0: forgot how those even look like by know, now. Right? It's, it's like, funny. what, a plastic bag? We don't see that here in the South Bay anymore. Right. It's like an endangered species.
1: How, long, how old were his kids? Uh, she was like one or something. One. But here's the thing. She wasn't even in the room. She was with him. But the point is, I turned the joke into I pretended that I left my gun on the floor and that I was the idiot. I was like, dude, what's the big deal? It's only a 22. <laughs> See, that's funny, but not to the South Bay. <laughs> not to the Bay Area. But it, in Utah, it killed. Oh my God. I was at this open mic. It was a mixed open mic. and just blew up when I said that. Because all these people probably own guns. And they're like, yeah, 22, big deal. <laughs> But at the same time like uh South Bay people are thinking, but that's violence against kids, that's wrong. It's like yeah, but it's not real. It's I get it. I get it both sides. It's okay. like it's not funny to joke about killing kids. It's like but at the same time, I don't know. It was funny a little bit, right? In Utah, did you uh see
0: any like Mormon comics?
1: Uh yeah, I yeah. stayed with a Mormon comic.
0: God, they, they must feel so bad after they kill. <laughs>
1: yes. I remember this one, the the open mic, po- Grand Poobah there. He he did like a more he did a church open mic. And here's this is an interesting thing with like religious people. If you say any cuss words, they don't want to hear you ever. Even if you don't say cuss words at their show, right? They're very they're very like partisan when it comes to behavior. No coffee. No alcohol. There's an interesting thing they do No in Utah. coffee? Yeah. If you're a Mormon and you're living according to the, what is it called? The Is it the word of wisdom? I can't remember what it's I didn't know that. No coffee? Yeah, no coffee. No strong drink. No tea. No, no tea. Yeah, pretty much no drugs at all. Wow. So in Utah, this is an interesting thing. They have this thing called, is it called, it's a curtain. There is a barrier. In restaurants, you can't see people Mixing drinks. It's illegal for people to see you make a drink. For them to just see
0: you make a drink. Yeah. Because so they th-
1: think it would glamorize uh, alcohol.
0: <laughs> so at so, restaurants,
1: you can't see the bar. You y- will never see a bar. The bar is like in the back or exactly. something? There's a bar, but it's behind a wall. There's a name for it. Oh, the Zion Curtain, I think they call the Zion- it. The Kurt I think so. Yeah. Get the fuck out. Of no, I'm serious. <laughs> Everyone's got their little things. How does that even work? Apparently, it's they will find you, and all you have to do is put up a wall and make it so you can serve drinks there. You just can't. It can't. The idea is they don't want children seeing drinks being mixed because apparently they think every bartender is like Tom Cruise in Cocktail, where he's all like right. flipping bottles and right. like turning around, spinning and shaking and smiling. And
0: okay, so hold on. They're afraid that the children are going to see these bartenders making drinks. But your joke about the gun and the baby was okay to
1: them. It's it's weird, right? They have a very interesting culture there. Oh, well. They're afraid of alcohol, but guns are cool. Guns are cool. And here we're... uh, Like the opposite. The opposite. Like no guns, more booze.
0: There you go. (laughs)
1: <laughs> like, I think San Francisco might be the, boot, the bar capital.
0: The bar capital. Oof. Of, That's of quite Calif- a statement. Of California, at least. Yeah. Uh, I could kind of see that. makes sense. Or
1: at least we could say per capita they have more than any other city. Like they're kind of densely packed. They may not have more in number, but yeah. in in like a square mile or something.
0: In close proximity? Yeah, exactly. They so were, in LA,
1: everything is like far Spread apart, out, yeah. Spread out. You have a bar, and then you have a ton of other stuff, and yeah. one it's, bar. And one another ton. reason
0: why I like L.A. women.
1: Oh.
0: <laughs> ah! Okay, that was dumb. Uh, you you mentioned your brother. How many brothers and sisters do you have?
1: I have one real brother. I have three half-brothers who I didn't even grow up with. It's my dad's other batch. Do you still talk to them now? I hear from one of them, but I think it's only because he wants to save my soul. <laughs> religious type? He is. <laughs> he went from drug addict to... Jesus addict.
0: Oh, a born-again Christian. Yeah. There you go. Cool. Um, and how does your family – so at 17, you pursued comedy. Is that what you said? No, at 18. At I cons- 18.
1: I considered pursuing com- – there was two things that interested me, what, acting and comedy.
0: Was your family supportive of that? Well, at the
1: time, I didn't pursue comedy. I pursued screenwriting, and they weren't particularly jazzed about it. No, no. one was like, great, yeah, go. They didn't get in my way, but they didn't help me.
0: Do you come from a blue collar family?
1: Yeah. Well, it's weird. my My mom's side is very blue collar, and then my dad's side is more white collar. But my dad has chosen to work white co- blue collar. He's a mechanic, right? Even though he came from carpenters and people who went to college, he did not go to college. He wants to work on cars. And my mom comes from people like my grandpa laid concrete. You know, he he worked in construction. My brother works in construction, so pretty working class. Yes, they work with their hands. Yeah. Now here's the interesting thing. Once I started telling people I'm doing comedy, suddenly they're like, "Awesome, I'll I'll go to your show." Whenever I was doing filmmaking, I never heard anyone say, "I want to see your film." (laughs) I don't think they want to see films. They want to laugh.
0: It's it's a different field. It's um, yeah. yeah. But going back, are any of your
1: parents creative? My mom is hilarious, as it turns out, and my dad's a singer.
0: Okay, so the talent
1: yeah, the creative Yeah, there's like a performance thing in our family, so it wasn't like I made it up. Like he was a singer or a karaoke singer? No, he's like a barbershop quartet singer. What is that? So barbershop is a type of uh, harmony. It's four-part harmony.
0: Is is it like a
1: cappella? Yeah, exactly, it's a cappella. That's awesome. And he has a comedy quartet, too. And they only perform in barbershops? No. The the name barbershop came about because a lot of that harmony was happening outside of barbershops because barbershops were kind of a center of culture. Right. So outside of them, people would sing. And then that name kind of stuck. And now it just refers to harmony in four parts, where there's like tenor, uh, bass, lead, alto, I think. Yeah. So it's just a style of arranging music and singing a an cappella. Hmm. So r- someone else will sing, like there's the lead melody, and then other people sing notes to make chords. But like uh, through your voice only. No. No. Vocal only, yeah. <laughs> so and beyond that, I do have a famous singer in my family, but I only met him like once. So it's like, Oh, yeah,
0: you told me this before. I still don't believe you.
1: I didn't either. Uh, I thought my mom was lying. Who is it again? Michael McDonald. Michael McDonald from He's from Steely Dan originally. And then he was in the Doobie Brothers. Doobie Brothers. Yeah. And then he went solo. Doobie still...
0: Brothers is a Barrier band. Actually Obviously. South Bay Barrier Well, band,
1: they may have started there, but it ultimately seemed like everyone. Well was then
0: again, the Doobie reality. Brothers had so many few musicians coming yeah, in exactly. now. So there they're was, from all over the place. Right, there was
1: many like eras of Doobie Brothers. He mm-hmm. was in the later kind of eighties era. Okay. And he made some pretty funky stuff. So, or
0: none of the most of the original musicians were not in the band. I
1: don't. I'm I'm not certain about that part. I know he came in kind of later. Is as he a, still? He's in in, in tour with them. He's no. He doesn't tour with Steely Dan. Sorry, he doesn't tour with the Doobie mm-hmm. Brothers anymore. But he just tours on his own. Okay. He's still singing and playing piano. In L. A. Everywhere he lives. Well, he used to live in Nashville for a while. And then I guess they moved to Hawaii. And now I think he lives outside of L.A., yeah.
0: Yeah. Hey, man, he could be your ticket in.
1: I know, right? Give me a job. Tell me how to do comedy. He's like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he, he can write songs, apparently. And he has written some awesome songs. I can't, I can't yeah. deny that. Cool, man. So yeah, I have like some performing in my family, so it's not like ridiculous. But I can tell you what the way he succeeded was with a ton of family support. It wasn't like just him on his own talent. It was they moved from St. Louis together, and like he had a, a he had an ecosystem of support around him. Yeah,
0: but I, I, that's a,
1: uh, I have none of that.
0: I, I love musicians. I, you know, it's just i get envy jealous i get Mm. jealous like how much support they get compared to uh a lot of of us filmmakers and comedians they're like oh you want to make movies oh exactly or you think you're funny Uh uh-huh
1: well you're on your own yeah you're
0: on your own it is let's see if it pays the bills but if you're a musician and you happen to be good at it you know because everybody likes it i mean i understand everybody likes some good music or it's just great so that right
1: there's an area of music that's pleasing even even if your lyrics are a little offensive you'll have melody you'll have rhythm there's a all we have is our voice all we're doing is talking in like normal conversational (laughs) speech maybe it's a problem we're not listening if we're
0: doing the talking yeah uh but like Ever since I started playing the guitar cuz recently I'm picking up the guitar, but yes. man, so many chicks are smiling at me. <laughs> it's like, "Wow." And it's funny because if you're playing pretty good and they like it, they're like, "Oh, hey, let me hear some more. Maybe we'll go out for coffee." But for comedy, it's like, "Ah, tell me a joke." Right. "Oh, you're so funny. See you later." Or "Never see you never." Yes. Right.
1: And another thing is they they hear you, you do comedy, they're like, "Tell me a joke." And unfortunately, I don't have any jokes that work outside of the club necessarily yeah. or work outside of an open mic. That, that's
0: pretty fucking annoying is tell me a joke. Tell yeah. me a joke. It's like, fuck you.
1: Yeah.
0: Or come to my show and I'll tell you a joke. Exactly. <laughs>
1: it's, it's it's a really different like performing uh, area because you can't really give them an idea of what it's like until they're there. Because comedy is so subjective and sensitive Whereas a good song is pretty much a good song. If I if if I say like I said in uh, Utah, my gun jokes work; they're funny. Suddenly I'm funny. I go to San Jose, they don't want to hear gun jo- jokes. Guns are not funny. Guns kill people. You know, it's a different area. So you can't. Whereas if I were to play a song in Utah and play it in South Bay, pretty much would have the same quality.
0: Yeah, yeah, I totally get it. Um, let's move on to Sounds a State. Yes, because that's where we met.
1: It is right.
0: In some ways, you're the one who got me to stand up comedy. That's true. So you're the one who started this. I am to blame. You are to blame, and you started a stand up comedy
1: club. Right. I I started a club because I was um trying other clubs, and there just wasn't quite a fit for me. And then the day we found you was when your club took over my club's room, and you guys were there a little, no, a little into our ti- start time. No, yeah, I- you had to. You remember you couldn't get a projector to work, so you went to HGH one eighteen, and then we ours started at like six or something, and you guys went to no, our started at seven. And at seven oh five, you were still in there. I think you're confusing me with someone else. No, and Ryan, don't you you know Ryan, right? Ryan Sedarikin. Of course. Yeah, and he's the one that's like, oh hey, Jorge. And then I think you stayed that day. And I've
0: met Ryan. No, no, you're getting it wrong. You because I remember very, very distinctly is that I was had a screenwriting class. In that class, I was not yet involved in any clubs. Um, I had. No friends at the time. Because I transferred over from De Anza Community College. And I was having a hard time making friends. And I just was fucking depressed. And I was like, fuck, dude, what am I doing? And that's when I was taking a screenwriting class. And your club came after the screenwriting class. So I was like, you know what? Let me just stay in. So I stayed and saw you. I remember it was you. Ryan. Um, Paul probably. I think Paul, but it was a small group. Yeah, Darcy. I remember Darcy and Kelsey. Right. Uh, should I be saying names? I should. I well, I'm not saying anything bad about them. Too but late. point is that I remember them, and I, I saw you guys perform, and from a young age, I loved stand up. Uh, I, I I would I would fantasize I could do stand up, mm-hmm. but then like there, I was like, oh, it's awesome, and I guess you invited me to do. Like a bit, which I had nothing, and you're like, Oh just talk, right?" Right. So I go up there and I just talk, and I, I was pretty bad, <laughs>
1: but I, I got the bug. Yeah, I got the so bug. I, that's so funny because I thought that was the that day where there was a club mix-up, but you're saying it one was before day after that screenwriting. It, it was it was
0: before where it was really a a a cry for help. Really, it was out of desperation that was like. I need to say something to people who are willing to listen to me.
1: <laughs> I have stuff. I have opinions. I have feelings. <laughs> listen to me. Yeah. Therapy. Uh, I hear you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I, I do feel comedy is very therapeutic to a lot of cats out there.
1: Yeah. And o- overall, like almost every career. When I say cats, ever. I mean people. So yeah. It's it's ling- slang. Cats don't care about comedy. Yeah, it turns out they want to be petted. Dude, the other fed. day
0: my mom was asking me. If anybody sells cat poison, <laughs> and it's like nobody sells cat poison,
1: yeah, uh, yeah. I think cat poison is a dog,
0: yeah. My mom will have no problem drying a cat, murdering
1: cats. Yeah. Your mom may be headed for a dark place after she <laughs> dies. Maybe. I don't know for Maybe. sure. <laughs>
0: Uh, anyway so starting the club how did i go about
1: so i to be honest it was really simple i looked at the sgsu guidelines and i wasn't able to make it an official club originally but i just thought well a club has to start sometime so i just made flyers and with these little poll tabs and put them up everywhere and people showed up like The first week, actually, that's not true. I had people email me, and then I kind of arranged with them, and we met in the library at first, and we just kind of chatted. Hey, but people showed up. People emailed me like pretty quickly. I had twenty people interested from zero. Now we have probably like eighty people on the email list. They don't all show up, but you know, what are you gonna do? Schedules conflict. They get over it. Like okay. for for like this semester, it's almost all new people.
0: Yeah, do you feel like it? The club has it grown since
1: it has grown. It's right now we have a steady twelve, pretty much every open mic. Whereas before, it could get down to like one or two. Yeah, sometimes it, it gets ex-
0: does. It get exhausting, kind of like it used to be. Used to be.
1: Now I'm I'm much more easy. Go- like I'm saying, I'm not doing any uh, material anymore, so I don't I don't exhaust myself trying to make material I show up I do crowd work as an MC there and that's my bits and then I let everyone do their bits and then we give them feedback to help them be funnier like you know what you might do that's
0: the most important thing that I loved about the club was the feedback which helps a lot like I feel if it wasn't for that feedback my jokes would not have gotten any funnier and I wouldn't have be where I am now um that's cool. And that's something I feel a lot of comedians who are not used to it don't like that very much.
1: No, they don't because we had an outside comedian come in and get feedback and he didn't he, he's not back. He hasn't been back since. <laughs> and to be honest, he didn't I don't think he really was enjoying the process. Yeah. Some comics wanna say what they want to say and they don't care for your help. I'm like, hey, if you got a better joke, please tell me because I will. The thing with comics is like you can't say every joke that comes in your head. You got to got to put it into a set. It's got to relate to your life. Yeah. But if I hear for instance, I remember a couple times where you did some bits and I thought of a good joke for you, but I couldn't have ever really said it. So why not give it to you and why not use it? And to be honest, it was super gratifying whenever you used like a joke idea that I gave you and it worked. I loved that. Yeah. So in a way, we write for each other, and yeah. a lot of comics don't. But
0: collectively as a group, right? Exactly, and it, it, and it's vice versa. Where I feel like so and so could have a funnier tag, and I put it out there, and it's up to them to use it or right. not. Exactly, and it's not. It's not. It's not really like you know you're stealing my joke. It's more like here, it's for you to make it better. Like we're supporting each other. Exactly, it's like a little supportive community, uh, but want to start performing outside of San Jose State, you know, to to where the uh, quote unquote actual comedians—I mean, they they are actual comedians—but like the real world, hit it's like it's um it's different. It's 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 more like you got to workshop it yourself.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit of a faux pas to give people joke ideas or to critique them at all. Yeah. No one wants to. Although musicians, if you do a mix mic, I've had musicians come up to me and give me jokes, and I take them.
0: See, uh, they're no,
1: they're good sometimes. Uh, musicians. Yeah, uh, like I uh, – <laughs> they don't know the deal. They don't know this is not cool
0: because – See, I, I, if another comedian tells me something, I take that more into consideration than uh, I would a musician. I could be wrong. I don't know. Maybe I'm very biased, but still. Because I know that where they're coming from and and I, I can relate better to a comedian, I feel.
1: I feel like sometimes comics have like a uh, political bias, like they like certain types of comedy. Like, for instance, there's some comedians that think crowd work should only be done by an MC and a story. Really? Mm -hmm. I've heard people say that and I've seen them post it on Facebook, too. And there's some comedians that say, oh, you shouldn't talk about that. It's like, yeah, why? Shouldn't talk about what? Any number of subjects. Oh. Like, for instance, in the South Bay, it would be you know be more politically correct, maybe. Remember that open mic that you had where some girl came up to a comic and said, I was offended by what you said? And to he, me? No, no, it was an, to another comic. And that comic mm. kind of changed what he said because she was offended.
0: I don't remember. Where, where did this happen?
1: It was at your, at the Frascati thing. Frascati, Monday night? Right, exactly. Uh, I don't remember the dude's name. But anyways, he was, the point is sometimes comics will do that. Uh, I remember this guy telling me you shouldn't talk about gay stuff. I was like, oh, okay, thanks. What? That was at Tommy T's. So what I'm saying is (laughs) comics don't necessarily give you great (laughs) feedback either. For me, musicians are real audience members, and I care more about their opinion than other comics. Because sometimes comics are trying to build support for their own thing. Hey, why don't you be like me? Do what I do.
0: Or sabotage your set.
1: Yeah, exactly. Or do that. Make it so you kind of like – Torpedo yourself and you quit. But when I hear from musicians, I consider them like the actual intended targets of my comedy. So I appreciate their feedback. To be honest, it's funny because I'm actually really sensitive when it comes to criticism overall. But when it comes to comedy, I'm not. Because I know so many times comedy won't work. If you're going to be a comedian, you have to get good at things not working, at jokes failing. Yeah. So when someone comes up to me and says, "Hey, that didn't work, but this might." I'm like, "Great. You just made my life easier. I don't have to come up with that joke anymore." But there are some comics that really want this to be an, a more pure extension of like their brain. Yeah. Like I thought of this. I'm going to work it till and I'm going to work on it. I'm much more collaborative. Yeah. Well, <coughs> for me, there has to be a level of trust, too. You, mm. you got to trust whoever
0: is giving you These um, ideas. Mm -hmm.
1: That's true. Yeah, because sometimes people can lead you astray, or give you an impression that's not right. For instance, in the comedy club one time, this guy did a military joke, and holy cow! One of the one of the members of the the crew was like, "That's offensive. That is so offensive." And she like kind of, "Oops, it's a she." And there's not that many she's, but. Is it usually she's are complaining? No, no, that's no. Not, not that's not true. But in this case, she really was upset about the military thing. Turns out she ha- she's in a military family. So so she kind of was saying everyone would get offended, but really what happened was she was offended. You know what? I'm going back to when did this complaint happen to me? I don't remember. It was like a earlier in this semester. No. Yeah, it was you and another comic. I mean, I can say his name if you want to. And and she was upset because he said a joke that she felt was offensive. Tell me the first letter of his name. D, I think. Oh,
0: dude. That wasn't my sh- It was on a Tuesday.
1: Oh, well, how'd you get involved then? That's
0: the big question. How was Not I involved? It wasn't letter. even my fucking show. No, but, but it's funny you say that because she actually made me – how do I put this? She was offended. Uh, and She kind of came off like, you know, she's speaking for all the women, right? But she did have very valid points. Because for me, because, you know, usually when someone approaches about, you know, why is there not enough uh, women in comedy? I say, well, well, because we need to help them go up there and do comedy, right? And I feel like the more women we have doing comedy, you know, it inspires other women to do comedy. And so she brings up that point and I tell her that. And she's like, uh, well, it makes it hard if, if you know, some people are not. How can I put this? Are off, the, off the bat, they're already, you know, uh, making women look bad and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, that's a, that's a very good point. And, um, but her thing with that comedian... I don't really get still because the joke that she didn't like actually love you got laughed. Mm-hmm. But then that comes with a whole different question is even if a joke is funny, should it be said me personally? I said, yes, because I'm not all for censor, but it depends on per person. Um, but the point I'm trying to make with her is that although I don't agree with the method, she approached me. Actually, I don't even agree. She even approached me in the first place because it was not my show. But ever since then, I realized that that because she she called me something that scared the shit out of me. I think this is the worst thing anybody ever called me in my life, which was a community leader, <laughs> <laughs> because that implies that you know a I'm leading people, which I really don't want to give that impression, and b it's is they come up to me if anything goes wrong, right? So shit falls on my shoulders, right? right i i, I they they gave me this power but at the same time they're giving me this responsibility that i don't want
1: yeah i hear you but it's but, a tough issue the women in comedy thing because right a lot of guys can operate solo without support mm-hmm. but well when,
0: I, I feel like women can it's just women can you,
1: but i'd say overall they tend to want and expect for people to be welcoming, and you don't always get that open. Life. It's just
0: super hard for them on a whole new level because there's a sense of, I guess, culture you can say in the comedy world. Yeah, and so it makes it very hard for them. And but after that, I realized, you know, she, I don't, I may not like it that she came to me to complain, but she has very valid points, and and so at for Scotty and my shows, I, I'm dedicating. Like half of the of the spots, not like seventy three percent or whatever, but like like equal fifty percent of the featured my uh, featured comedians to be females. Mm. And I, I've seen results. I've seen ever since I started the, the the thing where one week is a male featured, another week is a female, the next week is a male, the next week is a female. Uh, I've, I've been I'm seeing more females f- locally who are getting the guts to do stand-up.
1: That's and cool. I, and I think it's cool. That's actually a great idea. I think one of the reasons why uh, male comedians think females aren't funny is they just don't know about women. A lot of these guys don't talk to women. You know, and I told her, it's
0: like, don't take things that comedians say too seriously, you know, with the green of salt, because... I mean, I thought me being a, a film writer, I was like... Because I always say that film, like people in arts are the misfits, right? Because we are not normal. Normal is, is is figuring ways to be more economical and, and stuff and, and have a job that right. you could... right. Art people, not so much. And I think that's our strength. But comedians, we are the misfits of the misfits. We're the lowest of the low, right? We're the ones we have nothing... To lose, so that's why we say the things we say. And so, i torah it's like you're dealing with a lot of tortured souls here. Yeah. We're dealing with a lot of people who, I mean, trust me, this whole notion of oh, "I want to make people laugh because it makes me feel good" it's, in my opinion, it's a sense of bullshit. You know, and, and and nothing against it though. It's just saying that for the majority part is the sense of, hey. You know, validate my existence, but validate it in this in a way that I'm being light. And I think, for the most part, that's what, especially comedians at our level, are all about. Yeah. In yes, a subconscious yeah. psychological level, I don't know. But the point is, is that oh, what was my point? What was my <coughs> point with that? Oh, so yeah. So I was telling her. Yeah, cough up. Uh, I was telling her is is um, you know we're, we're dealing. With men who, who who usually are insecure, who usually the relationship with women aren't exactly the best. Um, but again, there's just no real excuse for it, really. But yeah, she uh, he changed he changed his set, I think a little bit, not really, which is funny because he fucked it up. Like she got offended that he I don't know because his joke was about cunnilingus.
1: Yeah. Um, but he but fishy something about fishy or something right was it? Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't and, a, and, even a great joke. Uh,
0: well, like I said, it killed. It was funny. <gasps> like the audience members laughed at it. I laughed,
1: yeah. to be honest. Um, but it wasn't that original. I've heard fishy vagina dude, jokes before, sex
0: jokes, dick jokes, race jokes. Right. None of them. Like th- those are, I guess you could say, cheap jokes. Not really cheap jokes. But for beginners, they're the easiest to, to do. Yeah. Right. And for me, starting out, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be that comedian. I'm going to talk about stuff that I believe in. I'm going to talk about stuff about my life. Right. Like, if you notice, I, I don't think I have any jokes about me being Latino, really. Yeah. I mean, no, not really. Or about sex. I don't... I mean, unless I have something with me in my life, then yeah. yeah. But not like, you know, oh, dick joke, dick joke. Yeah. Or... I hear you. But I feel... If someone's serious about comedy, they evolve and they go surpass that. I'm not saying that dick jokes can't be funny. Dick, dick jokes can be funny. It's just you need to have like a sense of experience of of going through it all and then relooking at it and and restructuring it.
1: Does
0: that makes sense, have to, right? And like, you also... like people think that fart jokes are not funny, but it's like there's people out there that fart jokes can be funny.
1: Yeah. I mean they are funny. I, I, I
0: don't I don't expect someone to be doing comedy for 5 years to really figure that out. But That's true. But if somebody's like 10 years in or something it's like I'm sure the way they will look at that joke will be different.
1: Yeah, I mean ultimately you have to find what you want to do, like what jokes do you want to tell and what stories do you want to tell because you can be that joker that's like all one-liners, everything's funny or you can be kind of like you and I where it's more personal when I do tell jokes it's out of my real experience it's but, me making fun of me yeah and you tend to t- well you do talk about the news frequently but you do talk about your life things that have happened to you and you gotta figure out yeah, what you wanna say
0: I, I do get a little political sometimes and for me it's more like practice bits mm. really it's I use it especially on, my, on the Monday night shows I run I for Scotty is I use it to um, just have that muscle exercising does yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like and it, it, it not work, but that's not the point. The point is that I'm, I'm able to correlate a joke to a headline,
1: mm-hmm. like you're able to write a joke that's current, right? Like topical jokes, topical. right? And
0: topical jo- jokes have an expiration date. Those don't last yeah. long because it depends what's happening in, on the news or on the culture at, right. at, at that point in time.
1: Yeah, I don't mess with topical because I'm not really up on the news. No. I stopped doing that. I find. If it's not on the TV at 24 Hour Fitness, I don't need to know. (laughs) It's like, that's it. Is it on CNN? Uh. Because after a while, I started, like after I would listen to like NPR and read news, it was like, I know too much about things. Because sometimes you'll hear a news story and then later on they're like, oops, that was not quite accurate. And I don't know that I need to know that. I need to know, first and foremost, I need to know what's going around with me in my life, Right. In my sight, if I'm not really up on that, I don't know if like the rest of the world is high on my list.
0: Well, did oh, my mic go
1: again? Jesus, there we go. There it is.
0: Um, well, we hit the hour mark. Sweet. So we're closing we it. it up. Yeah, we did it.
1: Done. Done. Handled. Uh, anything you want to put out there? Uh, I, I guess not really. Rob Roy. Yeah, I do have, like twitter and facebook but i don't do anything on them really right now because i feel like i don't know why i put the effort i do save (laughs) twitter jokes twitter jokes are interesting because they don't like they need to be one liners but they're written you know what i mean like they can't be based on sound yeah they have to be based on type so i have a ton of twitter jokes kind of saved and they're limited to a certain amount of words too right exactly 140 characters so I like Twitter. I like um, I have a bunch of funny pictures I could post, but I just don't. I just don't want. I don't have that drive that a lot of comedians do to like promote themselves. Right now, right. I'm just like eh, whatever. So yeah, I'm on Twitter. I want to say it's Rob Roy Neat N E A T, which is a alcoholic joke because <laughs> there is no Rob Roy Neat. You can only have a Rob Roy straight up, because a Rob Roy is made with two liquors. Now you can have a whiskey neat, but a Rob Roy is like. I don't know, whiskey and vermouth or something. Try
0: saying that joke in Utah.
1: Yeah, exactly. They're <laughs> like, uh... No, it would just go over their heads. They're yeah. Like, oh, what? All oh, right. That's cool. Well, Rob Roy, thank you for coming. Yes, thank you for having me. It's
0: Appreciate you coming along. It's been excellent. It's been excellent.
1: Thank you for giving me the good mic that doesn't go out. Yes. Yes.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it. Rob Roy, catch him for now in the South Bay. Right, you go, Are you going on any tours anytime soon?
1: Any open mic tours? Well, summer's coming, summer, so never summer is coming. Summer is coming. Winter
0: is not coming no more. No. It is summer.
1: Summer first, then winter again. I've, I haven't seen Game of Thrones. I, I ha- I've i seen one. I episode. assume
0: his tone of voice is, winter, winter is coming.
1: I saw one episode. It's pretty well done.
0: Is it? I was pretty impressed, yeah. I'm such a self-hating hipster that it's so mainstream. I like, too mainstream. I know. It's too mainstream. Well, like it's not that it's too mainstream. It's too hyped. I hear you. Yeah. Anyway. All right, Rob Boyd. Thanks for here. coming by. Let's get out of here. Sayonara. <laughs>